Bookcase and Coffee presents Buzzing About Romance, a quick shot of romance. Hey everyone, welcome to a quick shot of romance. Um, I am Becky, and joining me for this episode is podcast contributor Carolina. Hi, Carolina. Hey, Becky. Hello. Hello. We haven't gotten to chat in a while, so I'm excited to chat with you. (laughs) I know, and I'm excited to chat about this book. I know. I feel like I kind of strong-armed you into this book, but I'm not sad that I did because I am desperate for someone else to read these and talk to me about <laughs> No, and I'm not sad that you did either. Um, it's it's It was good. It was a good change. We have this, I, I think we're cursed on books, you and I, yeah. because the books that we intend to talk about, something happens and we have to change books for a number of different reasons. And so- right. the, the text back and forth of, <laughs> okay, uh, we have to go to plan B. Now what's plan B? <laughs> right. What's plan B? Um, I'm sorry, you only have like five days, but you got to get this book read. Sorry about your day job. <laughs> I tell- am not sorry that we went to plan B. <laughs> um, <laughs> <tell> no. <laughs> nope. Um, I read this author. I found this author last year. I read a couple of her books and I really loved them. One of them was a top read for me last year. She has some great body rep within her books, like strong and muscular women, tall and muscular men, tall and lanky men, um, plus sized women. And so I'm just kind of obsessed. And there are times when I feel like I'm shouting at everybody, read her books. (laughs) And so now I finally got someone to read them and talk about them with me yes (laughs) so on this episode of a quick shot of romance we are reviewing watch me unravel by julia wolf this is book two in her blue is the color series you read this as a standalone yes this is this is a new to me author i've i haven't read any other book of hers before so i'm reading this out of order (laughs) (laughs) well I had read book one and then I read book two I skipped book three I'm now on to book four but I will likely go back to book three book three kind of worries me a little bit there's a little drama in that one so I just haven't picked it up yet um so read us the synopsis from Goodreads for Watch Me Unravel all right I've loved him for as long as I've hated him once upon a time I was a bad girl who saw even batter boy rocking on stage and I was hooked the trouble was he barely noticed me until I threw myself at him that was how I ended up a pregnant teenager with a stranger as a co-parent a stranger who became a world famous rock star while I raised our daughter 15 years later we're both older and arguably a little wiser but I still hate David Weissel uh, as much as I've loved him and he's still a bad bad boy which is why I avoid having anything to do with him that doesn't relate to our daughter. Then the unthinkable happens and our daughter needs us both. I can't avoid David even if I wanted to, not when we're living together. There's a spark between us and David is more than willing to fan the flames, but I'm not going there because one more burn from David Weissel and I might turn to ashes. So the release date on this is April 11th of 2019. Tropes are rock star, second chance, single dad, close proximity. Um, I would go with single parent because they're both. Single parent. Yeah, I guess. So single parent. Um, Series is Blue is the Color, which is also the name of their band. 
And then um, this is a series of standalones and put out percentage is 51%. And this is absolutely a series that can be read on its own. Um, you don't, the books are sort of connected, but each story stands very well on its own. Um, like I said, put out percentage was 51%. Um, so let's talk about this as a second chance romance. Cause anyone who knows me who listens knows that I am not kind to second chance romances. Yeah. Um, you know, it was funny as I was reading the book, I was telling my husband about, about it and how like some of your issues with second chance and he's like, Oh, okay. I could see that. I can understand that. And this one was a very interesting take on a second chance because their first chance was a one night stand and that was it. Yeah. There was no relationship. And as we get into the book and I don't want to spoil this for anyone, I don't know that it spoils really anything, but as we get more into the book, we understand that both David and um, Sylvia, is it Sylvia, Sylvie? Yeah. Sylvia, Sylvia, they have very different memories of that one night stand and the start of their relationship. They came at it very differently. David always felt this guilt, you know, that they had hooked up and he didn't even really know her or have a relationship with her. And then he comes to find out that she was the pursuer. She's the one who went for him because of rebellion. You know, the whole, um, <laughs> I think the, the whole reveal of how they came together and even Sylvia's backstory, mind you, before she had her daughter, Emma, was actually really interesting and intriguing because um, I think she was 16, right? When she had Emma. She and, was. And so it became a very pivotal moment in her life. And you see that within like, the story, how everything unfolds and how she describes it, um, the conversation she has with her friend and as she reveals things to David that that was literally life-changing for her. It was, you know, we find out a little bit of her background. She was a late in life child to her parents. Her parents were incredibly religious and very, very strict. And she felt stifled and unwanted and really unloved um, for most of her life. And when she got pregnant with Emma, it really just, she kind of flipped itself on its head and decided that Emma was never going to not feel loved mm -hmm. and, and not feel wanted and valued and appreciated. Yeah. yeah. And I think she does that um, because Emma's a great character. She's not in it a ton, but she's a really great mm -hmm. character. Um, but let's talk also, let's talk about that opening scene because as that scene opens, um, one of the things that can, I can never get Leah to read rockstar romances because she doesn't like the guys who are the dirty dogs, you know, the ones, the rock star that's really living the rock star lifestyle. And in this opening scene of this book, it is the dirty dog rock style. He is in bed with two women while they're on tour and he gets a phone call. Just one. No, there's two. 
Okay. There were two ladies with him. Because he talks about moving one away and climbing oh, over the right. other to get to the phone. <laughs> okay. And so I'm like, oh, what are, what are we getting into here? Sticky wickets. Um, but he, as soon as that phone rings and he sees who it is, he's like, what's going on? So it's um, Sylvia saying, hey, listen, Emma's been in an accident. Um, she has a broken leg. This is not, she's in surgery. I need mm-hmm. you. And even though the relationship is kind of, they're parents, but not together parents. Like, they don't even really communicate right. well to each other. No, it's, I think, and I think as, I imagine that as Emma got older, their relationship has changed even more so. Um, and you reveal through the book that it's, um, I think she calls him, oh, what was it? She had this great expression that he kind of just comes in and then he'll leave. You know, he's the interloper is yeah. what it was. And it's kind of like that. He's he's there for short bursts and pockets of time. He has a weekly phone call with his daughter. Um, you know, he's constantly touring. So he may only see her for a couple of days and then he's out on the road again. So, um, and and even in the story, it talks about how when he picks up Emma from her house, you know, she just runs out. He doesn't even see Sylvia. Like he yeah. might see her through the window, but they really, they only communicate about, okay, I'm coming here. I'm going to take her there. Like, and that's it. That's it. Yeah. So the fact that he picks that phone up and without even a second thought of where is my tour? Where is the band? You know, the logistics, he's like, I'm on a plane. I'm coming to you now. Um, Mm -hmm. So he does. He drops everything. The band scrambles. They get taken care of. That's no big deal. But he's there. He's there in the hospital with her. And then he kind of, because of the broken leg and because of Sylvia's house and where Emma's bedroom is, she can't go home. And they live in the Annapolis area. So it's Maryland. I think it's a like a row house, older taller three-story home um and he's like well no you're gonna come to my condo because it's one floor and there's an elevator and boy sylvia does not like this idea not at all not at all i mean she's resistant to it all and and she is resistant to so much in the beginning um, because he, he kind of like, is like, okay, you can stay with me. And, and to a certain degree, not to an extreme, but to a certain degree, he is like, I have money. So let's, you know, it's just kind of reinforced. I have people who cook for me. I have people who get groceries. Um, and I think that's one of the things that I liked about the series in the sense that as, as that stuff gets revealed, Sylvia doesn't really cut him down, which it, it can like, when you first read it, it kind of feels like that way. She's cause she's so angry about stuff from the past, but really it ends up being this, she's not cutting him down. She pulls him back down to reality and like she jokes with him and she pushes him and she um, there's, and there's still anger. They have, they have a hard time kind of conversing like without getting into a fight but she keeps it real for him she does she does not play into his rock star 
lifestyle or his reputation, she she real talks to him at every turn. Mm-hmm. Which I liked because she could have easily been manipulated and walked all over in this book. You know, but she has a pretty solid community and foundation. She has this connection and relationship with David's mother. So even though David's kind of the interloper in and out of life at a whim, his mom's a constant for Emma. For her and Emma. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, she also has a friend um, who I, I'm thinking I can think of her friend's son's name, Evan. Um, who's her friend's name? Susan. Suze. Yeah. And um, at one point when they, because both Suze and Sylvia were single moms and they ended up um, getting an apartment or a house or something together. They weren't renting together. So they basically were raising their kids together. Um, So she has this great support system of, you know, the small community that they know them so well to help. um, Yeah. And keep everything well, and I like how Suze does not let date. She's not bowled over by data, David's stardom either. Mm-hmm. She's like, Psh, dude, you're screwing up left and right. And she has a husband. She, uh, Suze is remarried. Recently and her, married. Recently remarried. And he, you know, he likes David. He really likes David. And he helps David a little bit. But when David screws up, David screws up because inevitably, you know, he's going to screw up. (laughs) Suze and the husband are kind of like, you have to make this right. We can't give you an easy fix. You got to put the work in. Yeah. And I think everybody says that even his mom comes to him, but we're jumping ahead. And so I want to go back though, because um, this book doesn't pop until 51%. And And I'm thankful for that because as the story unfolds, there's a lot of work these two characters need to do in the beginning to reestablish, to reestablish their relationship as two independent people, like outside of who they have a lot of baggage, if you will, because of their daughter. um, Well, there's a lot of connections there but they're not necessarily romantic connections. Right. They need to develop their own friendship first, which the first half of the book does that. There's, they have a connection because of their daughter, but they have to go through some fights to kind of reestablish like, no, okay, you know, we can be, we can be cool about this. We want the same things in the end. There's some bitterness and resentfulness um, because of some stuff in the past and they have to work through that. Yeah. Um, for both of it. So Sylvia needs to needs to work through that and express herself. And David needs to wake up a little bit to get to the reality. And you also learn about David and choices that he's made and decisions that he's made along the way where he realized he's grown up and made different decisions. So he's really waking up as well. Um, yeah. And that was all very important because you don't I mean, even when they finally get to their first kiss in this book, like that was a pivotal moment because they did the work up until that point. They did. And I also liked that as his band members came in, there was a maturity with them also. They were not like, oh, you know, party, David, you know, 
let's, you know, whatever, when he made statements that he had to put more time with Emma, because she's 15, 16, eventually she's going to college and she's not going to care if she hangs out with her dad or not. And, you know, he said, hey, we have to relook at what we're doing in our lives because I can't constantly tour anymore. And I think that had a lot to do with those, that friendship and reconnection he was building with Sylvia because he saw that these two people he thought would just always be there might not always be there because there is a flashback to when Sylvia was engaged to another man and David came to their engagement party, made an ass of himself, (laughs) such an ass. And, um, like reliving those moments and re-seeing those things, I think that he had the wake up that was like, these people are going to move on without me. And if I want to be with them, I need to make myself there in the moments. Yeah. And then when we fast forward to kind of the end of the book, where he then really has to put in the work to show that he's committed to what's happening or like what he wants out of this relationship and that he does want like a long-term relationship with Sylvia, not just because of their daughter, like the man works. He does. He is, he is, um, well, he gets knocked off the side of his head and it takes a few people to like, like put some reality into him. Yeah. Um, But then he works and he, he takes it slow to prove that that he's in. He is in it. Yeah. Um, so it was. Um, now you talked about the later pop, but there was such great banner banter and such oh great God. chemistry the between the two of them. Well, and between all the characters, it like between them, it was great. Like because there was the angry banter. There was as the book progresses, there's more playful banter, flirty banter. Um, but even within all like when the band finishes the tour and they come to visit Emma yeah and at his at David's condo like the whole conversation within them all like because they it reveals that Sylvia has been arrested and they want to hear the story and you get just like you can tell this group has been together for a long time and they naturally bring Sylvia into the fold yeah and Jasper talks about how he remembers sitting on the porch with David and seeing Sylvia like change out of her clothes she had worn to school before she went into her house or watched her sneak out of her bedroom window (laughs) because Sylvia grew up across was across the street from David's mom's house. So it was interesting to see all these other perspectives of how they came together, even um, initially that really just made such a great story. Um, There's a really great, great quote though, by Sylvia that I just loved in this book because she was not a wilting flower or a delicate daisy of a lady. Like she's kind of a hard ass. And she, they're getting hot and heavy and he's kissing and he's talking about, he's trying Mm -hmm. to use like poetic and fancy words. And Sylvia's like, I am not a moonbeams and poetry kind of girl. Pull me, pull my hair and tell me I'm pretty and I'll be happy. And I was like, yep, yep. She's just a simple girl. She doesn't need big expensive presents and fancy things. She just needs you to show up. Yes. 
and I think that's a result of everything. And it was also kind of fun that the part that uh, tell me I'm pretty, it actually plays a, a an important role in the book that when you pull the quote out like that, it can sound superficial, but she has a different kind of beauty, not like, and it's described in the book. And even David recognizes that where he was always captivated by her eyes, like by average, you know, world standards, you would you would probably not look at her. She looked a little like she grew into her face. She, um, but she had just different features. She had like super like dark black hair. Um, these eyes that were a little different, the nose were a little different, but he was always captivated by her. So she didn't get the typical, you're pretty, you're beautiful from yeah. everybody, but she wanted to be pretty to somebody. So that's I think like, yes, pull my hair and tell me I'm pretty. Like really she wants to be seen. Is well, she wants is. to be seen and she wants to know that the connection is complete. Like you take everything in except and love right. it and find it beautiful. And yeah. that was, and it's not that she needed it from David, but she did want it. She, she wanted wants to it. be seen. She yeah. Wants to, yeah I think we absolutely. all do. I think we all have that experience. When you find that person you want to be with, you want to know that they see the ugly pieces and the beautiful pieces. And in the end, they're still happy to see you. Yes. So, 100%. Absolutely. Uh, okay. So another quote I loved in this book was from David. And he was like, my love for you is deliberate. It's a choice I'm making and will continue to make until the end of time. And this comes towards the end of the book when Sylvia is doubting why David is making an effort. Is he doing it just because he wants to confirm that connection mm -hmm. with Emma or is he really, does he really love her or are they a convenience? And um, I like that he said the words, you know, he made the choices to say the very clear words that I'm where I want to be. I'm with who I want to be with. And this is where I was always supposed to be. Well, and a lot comes up until that moment because he he has another kind of little mini speech before that, that just like where he is kind of confessing his love for her. Yeah. But he doesn't quite say the words like it, it's a beautiful, a beautiful moment. You're like, oh, my gosh, it's almost there. Like, but he just falls a little short. He falls a little short, but it's him, I think, also finding his way. How do I yeah. express this? I haven't done it. Um, but they also talk about once he finds his words, he really does find them. And I think a lot of that has to do with him being a musician um, because they talk about the band's music. And um, one of the things I also loved was um, Sylvia. Sylvia is actually a fan of the band. She loves their music. She's yeah. been a fan of their band from the beginning. Um, and that's one of the reasons she sought him out all oh, 15, 16 years prior. Um, but she knew like one of the songs that he, he wrote, cause she's like, even though somebody, the lead singer, Selim, because he's the David's, the guitar player, mm -hmm. um, even though the lead singer, Nick sang, sang them, she's like, it has David's touch all over the lyrics. And it was really written for his daughter about his daughter. Um, and so there's really some touching moments about that because she isn't she even has a tattoo with some of those lyrics. Yes. And yes. When he sees that and he it's revealed, he's like, 
you knew that was about Emma? And she's like, absolutely, I did. Um, There were some really great little moments like that in this story. And I think that's one of the most impactful things about this book. It's all these little moments that lead to this great love and this big life. It's not this like, wham, we're together attraction. It's building Mm -hmm. blocks of a relationship. And it just feels genuine. And I just, I loved it. I loved it. There's the other characters in the book, Nick, Jasper, and Ian. Nick is book one, Jasper is book three, and Ian is book four. You really get to kind of get small glimpses of who these guys are too. Yeah, you do. Very much. I mean, it's a really interesting kind of rock star as well, because from a rock star romance perspective, these guys now have an established career. Like they are, they're actually... Um, they're at the end when the first book first starts, they're at the end of, they're at the end of a tour. You know, they think they have maybe like five shows left or five weeks left or five something left. Um, but then they're planning on taking a year off. So to kind of unwind and just decompress and, you know, get back into some normalcy, which they all kind of feel like they've needed. So it's a very different time in their careers versus you don't get a lot of um, like on the road rock stars, like in the yeah. midst trying to make it. It's kind of like when you think sports romance, this is like their off season. This is an off season rock star romance. It kind of is. It kind of, um, no, it kind of is. And they're not in the recording studio yet. They're talking no. about what the next move is going to be, but they have been in a constant for the last 15 years. Yeah. And so it's, it's really an interesting, mature rock star too. Um, while yes, they do like the ladies and the groupies and all that kind of stuff, they're starting to settle down. So in book one, Nick is settled down. And in book two, um, you know, this is David's turn to kind of start to settle down and to settle into life. Um, okay. Anything else you want to talk about before we get to our three questions? Uh, no, let's get to our <laughs> So, Carolina, did you like the book? Yes, I loved this book. Um, I like. I, I'm glad Becky introduced me to this book and this author. This is a new to me author, and I really found myself captivated by the book. Like it was, it was one of those reads where it easily sucked me in. And it quieted everything else. Like I was in the world, in the book. So, yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's one of those. I think this is a great story that sucks you in. It's a second chance romance that's told a little differently. Um, Mm -hmm. And I found that captivating. And again, the dialogue and the banter in this book just keeps you going. And you're intrigued by the other characters, but they don't crowd the pages. It's really just a really phenomenal read um yeah I think it's stronger on the single parent ish like two parents coming back together um more so but it was yeah, yeah absolutely um who would typically like the book oh yeah I've been thinking about this one um and I'm trying to think about the writing style I think she is in line with Jay Salmon and her rock star books. Mm-hmm. There's a descriptive nature to them. There's camaraderie. Um, yep. 
I think she falls in line with Lauren Rowe, which I know you haven't read yet. No. Um, And I say yet because I will get her to read those, you guys. Yes. Um, I also think that while it's not rom-com-ish, she does fall into line with like the way Avery Flynn tells a story with banter. And that back and forth between Mm -hmm. the characters, um, that volleying, that's very typical of Avery's style. And I think that Julia's kind of also volleys in there. Yes, I would agree with all of that. And I will trust you on the Lauren Rowe because I haven't read that one yet. <laughs> um, I also think she falls into line with writing style is um, Stacey Kennedy because there's an intimacy. Oh, yes. There's an oh, intimacy 100%. between the characters. And that is you when you read a Stacey Kennedy, you expect intimacy and when I read Julia Wolf, there's an intimacy because everybody's well, got some cracks and damage and there's just these connections. And it's very much, even though there's people in their world, this is about the two of them. Yeah. Like when it's really about them, it's like, it's about them. You just, it's, they're like in a bubble and everybody kind of melts yeah. away in that respect of the intimacy. Yeah. Um, would you recommend this book? Yes, 100%. Not a hesitation. <laughs> Not a hesitation. <laughs> Not a hesitation. <laughs> I too would recommend this book. Um, so just a programming note, we are back to two quick shots a week now. Um, so if you have a book you think we should add to our list, please um, send us an email to the bees at bookcaseandcoffee.com and we will happily add it into our TBRs. Uh, We spent the summer reading all of our books and now we want to talk about them with everyone. Lee and I both have discovered some new authors and we're really excited to get everybody else to read and check out some of these authors. Plus we've read some stuff from some of our favorites, obsessively so. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Anyway, Carolina, thank you so much for joining me for this quick shot of romance. Thanks for having me back anytime um until next time everyone happy reading find us on instagram at buzzing about romance or on twitter at buzzing romance if you like the podcast please leave a review if you'd like to support us directly join the bookcase and coffee patreon and receive exclusive content only available to patreon members check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes 